Financial Matters. 20 minutes after 8 o'clock, somebody asking me, I wonder whether the Forbes family was informed of the press yeah. release that yeah. was going to be um, undertaken yesterday with regards to information around the uh, murder and the arrests that have been made with regards to AKA and Debello's uh, assassins. Dr. Frank, good evening to you. Thank you so much for joining us. We continue the second part of the conversation we started last week around retrenchments, the personal finance of people who find themselves in very difficult situations uh, financially in uh, in in this country and I suppose everywhere else where everybody else, can listen to us. Good evening, yeah? good evening to us. Hello yeah. to you in Cape Talk listeners. You know, kind of that sad, somber kind of topic and, you know, building on this press conference that they are talking about. And it's kind of a similar topic, just more and more we're beginning to see how tough the economic environment is. Yep. And many companies are coming out with announcements that we've considered all means, um, sadly, we have arrived at this decision, you know, to let go some of our our employees. So we started the discussion last week. Yep. Remember, we're linking the idea of for each person's financial situation. Yeah. Our show is really about reminding you of the connectedness of things. Absolutely. That, you know, we often hear problems at Transnet, at the port, exporting things, and we kind of stop there. I mean, the downstream impact has really been disastrous with the mining sector hardest hit, pulling back to Nela resources, rich resources, pulling back amplets on production, right? Coupled let, with... Let, let me tell you prices. quickly before yeah. you continue, because yes. I, w- I want you to bring this in, yeah. Dr. Frank. I know that uh, you, you, you've you been thinking about but but on, on Twitter says, I think we need to take a closer look at the issue of assassins. Oh, what do you... says, how do you, as a person... <laughs> Agree to kill another person for money. Yeah. That is literally blood money. And yeah. I suppose yes. it ties in very much with what we're talking about now. Yeah. When the economy is facing down, Absolutely. when prospects for employment and growth are non existent, yeah. this kind of thing becomes normal. Absolutely. Uh, the, the breeding ground for uh, assassins and other illicit forms of 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 income and 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 living uh become more real because those young men who do these things are probably people that have been looking for jobs and have i'm not i'm not in any way trying to excuse it yes. or in any way irrationalize it but i think that the growing assassin industry in south africa is a marker of the very thing that you're talking about, a downward economy? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, research supports that. A lot of people who look, for example, in, especially in the security sector, who kind of track the, almost think of it as the kind of peaks and valleys. Yep. If you overlay that on the economy, for example, with cash in transit highs, you can, you can definitely see. Yes. Yeah. The increase of so the desperation. And again, we are not saying everyone who finds themselves in that situation ends up deciding to go, you know, the route of crime. But definitely when you have the millions and millions of young people who are struggling to make ends meet and one is often um, is influenced, you know, kind of in that route and before you know it, you begin that and, yeah, it can just be difficult to turn back, you know, from that world. So again, it's really just illustrate the challenges, perhaps. We find ourselves 
in given the economy is not growing i mean forecasting a percent growth i was listening to a talk earlier in the week and someone is saying you know we often talk about growth year by year we haven't really grown the economy in the in in the last 12 years and so problems at the port really makes things worse and we have seen clearly a lead by most of our mining companies particularly the coal guys there's been a, a, a slump in in coal prices as an example and it has been lots of planning of how do we survive this period of low coal prices yeah. and this often happens it ends up touching a human being absolutely and and we said last time that exactly the point you are even making about this this kind of this big police announcement and i don't know bros maybe it's just you know a little bit wiser a little bit of getting old but i if i've become just more sensitive to behind the headline i was just saying now to two years i came here i'm sure you saw also that crazy case of this boyfriend issues with a relationship pause petrol and Sets alight two people, a friend and his ex girlfriend, really? no, have both passed away. Oh my. I mean, think of, you know, it's events like that. Yes. And I was just saying to you, you know, and boom, it makes the news and then it's gone. So I've just become so sensitive. Just, you know, this is shattered lives. These are people on their own. Cameras are gone. They are trying to make sense. Justice sometimes, it's, it's, the wheels of justice are slow. Yeah. And what does that do? What you have been talking about, the impact on your mental health, mm-hmm. something like that, yeah. uh, a retrenchment, a, 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 an announcement such as this to the Forbes family, as you are saying. So, you know, for me, I don't know how to solve for it, but I guess the little that I do is just that empathy of the headline is gone, but people are dealing with shattered lives. You know, it's hard. And so it is the same when a company says we have decided to let go with a heavy heart, 2,500 employees. We told in South Africa, multiply that by 10. That's 25,000 people who are, you know, touched by that. Mm-hmm. So what we said last week, to just recap for our listeners was, it's tough. Often companies do tell us it's the last resort. At the end of the day, the receiver of this news, there are probably three big things that happens to them. Remember, I also shared my story of being retrenched in 2003, October. Yes, yes. And the first thing, you blame yourself. You, you, you turn the torch, the light, and you say, maybe I, didn't, maybe I didn't work hard. If I had done this, if I had done that. Yet, at the same time, we know they go through some process uh, that's required by the Labor Relations Act. So we reminded our listeners, whether it's you, whether it's the employer, whether you have a family member touched by this, please know because work means so much to us. Yeah. Please just know the impact on the dignity, the stress level, the worry, the anxiety, the psychological health of this individual. Yeah. It's, 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 it's huge. And often smaller companies don't have resources to get psychologists. And, and, and we said it's important to reach you know, for help from the likes of South African anxiety and, and, and depression group as an example. That's the one part. Right. Then we said... Given your compromise for most people, just given the traumatic nature of being let go in a retrenchment process, you often find yourself with compromised decision making. Not because you want to make that decision, just the psychological processes of worry, stress, fear, they are more likely to lead to poor decision making. Right. So be aware of that if this has happened. 
That was the second point. Then we say the third point that we we'll build on today. If it is possible, delay making decisions around your retrenchment package in South Africa, generally speaking, for every one um, year, you know, you have been working, depending on how generous the employer is, but often the law says, you know, you get kind of a week or maybe two weeks of pay. So it's not a lot of money. If you've been working for a long time, maybe it's a little bit more, but with the mental health compromise because of what happened to me, blaming yourself, we just say it is a good idea. Don't rush to decide what to do with the lump sum. I'm going to buy a taxi and uh, a combi and I'm going to transport kids to school. I'm going to start a business. I will invest here. Often that may not work well because you emotionally you make that. And so it's important to get some sort of help to help you navigate both the emotions and what to do with the pension and the lump sum that is often associated. And I've come across a lot of people who regret when they made mistakes, rushed into a franchise, it doesn't work out. All their life savings are gone. Give us a call. Um, perhaps you are going through some very, very difficult financial problems at this stage. Uh, the economic realities of our time are squeezing you in ways that you've never thought about. Um, perhaps this is a time for you to just ask what is available for you Correct. out there, right? Um, and I do want to start talking a, li- a li- little bit about this two-part system yes, once again. Yes, link it to that for yeah, sure. Uh, because I think many people that are employed that belong to some sort of a pension fund Provident of some sort, fund, Provident fund, fund will yeah. probably have that facility Correct. available to them. Let's talk a little, a little yes. bit about that, Doctor. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Before we do that, I just remember, Ops, I promise my students, we've got new listeners. I'm recruiting really? for our show. Yeah. So... Big welcome, hello to our listeners from Services CETA, Advanced Diploma in General Management. Wow, welcome Close to, to 100 of them, a number of them said wow. they would be listening to well, us this evening. Nice. So big out, shout out to you there. <laughs> and so, perhaps, I thought about your question. Remember last time you said, and you sort of paused, you said, you know, one pot, no, 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 two pots. But is it not three pots? It, it sounded it like three pots. Actually, be, yeah. thought about it first. It's three pots, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know why? Uh-huh. Chris is the pot that we all have been contributing to before the new legislation kicks in. That is untouched. Right. Because law doesn't allow you to retrospectively say, you were contributing these monies are governed by law that started in September. Remember, we're going live in September. Right, right. So the first part, whatever you have been contributing, if you have been working, it's not touched by this new two-part system. Right. That's why people say, that's actually the first part. Yes. So part number one. Then in the new dispensation from September, you have the port for emergencies, if you have qualifying emergency, this is what has happened. You desperately need money. You'll be allowed to access it, port number one. Then if you've got the one you can touch because you can only touch it at retirement. Right. So if you have been working for a long time like me, 25 years, everything up to September, it's not September touched by the new law. 2024. Okay. This year, yeah. Okay. This year. Okay. And then any contribution from there on splits into two, port one, port two. If you join the workforce, say, in October for the first time, 
then you only have two pods. Right. Because you are new to the work, sure. you don't have the old pods. So right. it is that. Right. And of course, if retrenchment that are happening now before the law kicks in means what, perhaps? And that is what we really want to emphasize for our listeners. You still have the old rules that effectively says it's your money, it's your pension. You can cash it as you wish. Yes, there will be tax. Yes. But your pension fund is accessible to you because it's not touched by the new law. And so if you've been working for a long time, it's a sizable amount. And that's what we are saying. You need to think clearly. Not only are you paying the tax on it, but what are you going to do it now that you are retrained? Right. Right? So that's point number one. And then the other point we're adding is the idea of you also get some sort of retrenchment package. What do you do? In the future... If, you're, if someone is retrenched post the new period, now we have that world where there's the old port, you can access it, but the new two ports have different rules. Right, yeah. right. So, so, so the money that you've been accruing through Provident Fund Savings. Yes. Before September, September 2024. You can't touch. No, you can. Oh, you can touch. Because it's not touched by the new laws. Oh, I the see. The law is not, is it, is it, is it not prospective. Looking back. It's not re- re- retrospective. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, so you can touch, touch the new that. contribution looking into the future. You can touch that. The current ones you can touch. Yes. How much of that can you touch? Right. So in, so I'm now retrenched, right? Yes. So I was working at a company for a long time. I've got my money in my provident fund. Yeah. As we sit now in South Africa, the law allows you to cash your whole pension. That is why often hear that issue where teachers were resigning. Yes. 100%. Yes. I can get all my money in return. Minus the taxes, of course. Yes, minus the taxes. Yeah. Same if you resign and you want your money, although you are starting a new job. Right now, as we sit today on 28th of Feb, the old rules still apply. 100% of that money is available minus the tax to size. Right. But come September this year, yes. what happens? There are different rules now, right? Yeah. Let's talk about, re- uh, not retrenchment, let's talk about the resignation. resignation yeah. So resignation comes in. There are new rules now around these two pots. You can no longer say, I have resigned like you have today. Yes. I want 100% of my yes. money. Right? Yes. So it's now touched by this. So you've got the short-term pot. You've got the long-term port, right? You can touch the money in your short-term, right? That's accessible to you in regards to emergencies, but you can't touch the money in the long savings port. Right. And that's the issue some people, you know, they say, but, you know, you, you're kind of taking away what I had in the old system. Yes. And the government is saying, but in the long term, when you look at it, you probably contribute more because you no longer need to resign and make a decision around a whole pension because you are having financial problems. You can say I've built up an amount in the short. I'm going to, have to withdraw all of that. What's what's the rationale, Doctor Frank, around the new system that says yeah. uh, there are now two pots? You can access a certain amount yeah. from one pot, and you can't exercise access a certain amount from another pot. What's, think, what's the thing? I think it's three reasons for me. One, it's one of those scary statistics. You know, when I speak to audiences. And I count, I say, what, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people. Do you know that in South Africa, it's not even one in ten, because it's six in hundred, you know. Only about six percent of people who've worked all their lives retire to the same lifestyle as they were when they were working. 
and research is lost at Gibbs. We've done our own research on it at NetBank, for example. What is the reason? It's primarily one. South Africans are notorious with the current legislation. You change jobs, you cash your pension. Some people even use it to pay off a house, to pay off the car, to start a business. And it has been like that for a long time. And so imagine a person changing jobs two, three, four times. Every time they cash their pension. <laughs> By the time they retire, they just don't have adequate and they're going to have to lean on the state, right? So that's one reason I say we've got to solve for this because people have worked all their lives, yeah. but in retirement, it's, it's, it's a big problem for them and the state yeah, yeah. because they have changed jobs so often and they haven't been, uh, you know, saving uh, for retirement right. as intended because we were not supposed to cash this pension. That's right. one. Right. Two, most people want bigger take-home pay. What do they do at the beginning? They choose to contribute the lowest so often companies say it's going to be 5%, contribute 10%, all the way, you're allowed in the current system, all the way to 27.5% of your pensionable. You right. can put it for a time. People choose uh, the smallest because it allows you, you to take home. You know, yeah. home. So if you just take the combination of those two, that is why we've got a crisis of people who really struggle you know, in retirement. They now have to lean on the state or lean on, on their kids and and it's also just difficult for them right that's the reason why they're saying we got to solve for it how do we solve for it we solve for it by being a little bit more strict that you can't just re re resign and get access to all this money that you were and then be a burden to your family to and to the state yes at, at, in, in your in your more, in more moment, mature yeah. age uh, yeah and then the second thing pushed by labor yeah. Abra Ops, is this they're saying today i am struggling to make ends meet I am going to pay their loans. I am going to Abu Mashonis. Yet I've got this money I'm accumulating for retirement. Yes. Does it not make sense to give me access to a little bit of it so that if I'm having day-to-day -day financial problems, I can access some of that money that was intended for a pension. So it's kind of, and, and, and you can see that move also globally where they are just saying, we know the economy can be so tough emergencies are always around like in the u.s it's called a hardship withdrawal mm -hmm. you can go and get money from your pension on qualifying hardships for example so we are a little bit being more in line with with uh, you know other so markets international by, trends, yeah, yeah. by just allowing if huge problems face you we will allow you you know to have an access to this so-called you know port for emergencies the it's kind of a caring sure, gesture sure. yeah Take a call from Joshua in Kempton Park. Good evening to you, Joshua. Uh, uh, what, good, yeah, go ahead, Joshua. Yeah, uh, good evening, Brother Ops. Yes, sir. Yeah, the problem that is today, when people get their fund, okay, mm -hmm. and when they cash up that, that money, yeah. they cash up that money with the aim of starting a business, yes. and of which is a wrong concept. Because uh, once they change that and start a, a new, cons uh, that is to start a new business. Yeah. Can you imagine you are 60 years old, you've just retired yeah. or you are retrenched. Yes. You get that lump sum. When you get, after getting that lump sum, what do you do? You start a business. Yeah. That business becomes a flop. Yeah. Once it becomes a flop, you become, you become a state burden. Absolutely. And uh, you can't start Joshua. Can yeah. you imagine that? Yeah. 
most people they come to me because I'm an accountant by profession. Right. They come to me. Yeah. Some of the people they retire. Once they retire, they think of business. Correct. And I said, no, don't. Yes. Don't think about business because you've been long in the field. So start something else, but not in the business. Yeah. Don't try the business because you are old. Yeah. That's what I can say. Ah, fantastic. fantastic feedback, Joshua. Thank you. Sometimes what you yeah. do is lower your standard of living. Yes. Because people don't want to lower the standard of yeah. living. Yeah. If they stay in the, at the estate, they want to continue stay at the estate. Despite they can't get the income. Yes. So lower that, that income, the, the standard of living, yeah. and you'll come right. Ah, don't start business. Beautiful. Start business, you'll you become a flop. Absolutely, and, you, and, and, and that's what I can say. Most people they do that. Yeah, I don't understand why. I concur with you. Yeah, that's big English, bro. Oh, concur. Yeah. Joshua, thanks very much for that call. I don't know how that came to me. Concur. That's more, bro. Ops English. You know, you know, Dr. Frank. I hear what Joshua says. Yes, I do. I, 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 because you're a little bit advanced years at that time. Yeah. You perhaps don't have that entrepreneurial energy yeah. that's required for yeah. a, for a startup. Um, you are used to a particular routine yeah. and so forth. And the a risk you're taking. Absolutely. I, 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 I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. Yes. So I never want to discourage people yes. from, Correct. from, from entrepreneurial uh, ventures. Yes. But yeah. I think Joshua's advice is very, very sound. Yeah. Contextually, if you yes. understand him contextually, yes. he, he's saying, at that time yeah. of your life, yeah. and, and and as he was talking, I was thinking about a guy like Colonel Saunders, the, yes. the guy who founded yeah. uh, KFC. Oh, right? is that what came to mind yeah. for you? So, yeah. so the guy was 65 Correct. when he started the business, and, and look at him now. Look yeah. at that business now, yeah. right? Yeah. So so I, I'm not one to say no um, business at all. retirement yeah. at all. But I think what Joshua is pointing to yeah. is understand your circumstances and the context that yeah. you are in very very well because you don't get to have a second chance and for uh, every hundred colonial sanders yeah there's probably a hundred of thousand of flops yeah yep. right because many business in fact in south africa the statistics is roughly 50 percent of new businesses fail in the first year yeah mom and pop restaurant corner shop mm. many ventures people do gone mm. in the first year right and those that survive, we remain with half. Probably, if you look five years, three to five years, you probably have only half of those remaining. Just illustrating that business is risky. So Joshua is saying, take context into account. Say to yourself, if this business fails and I've put all my life savings, then what? That's what he's saying. So you, you take that into account. Do you remember? Because you're younger, you can't put your CV back in yes, the market. Yes, yes. Yeah. Do you remember... Dr. Frank, a call we received maybe two or three years ago yeah. from an elderly lady who said, listen, don't mess around with your retirement yeah. years. Yeah. I think she said something about, I now have to share my food. I, ne- I now need to share my, my dog's food. I remember, remember yes, that, that, that that's call? right, yes, yes. A- and it gets to that level, yeah? yeah? Yes. So, so, so we've got to think very clearly yeah. and very soberly. And that's why I think the last um, piece of advice you gave last week was to say, uh, don't make decisions when you are under pressure. Yeah. When you are either too happy or too sad. Yeah. 
Both don't emotions. make decisions. Absolutely. Yes. Don't make decisions at, yeah. the st- at that stage. Delay that process a little yeah. bit until you are of sound mind yeah. and then perhaps make a deci- decision. But most importantly, understand that yeah. once you've reached your your, your retirement years, as yeah. it were, um, your options for taking too much risk are that much more diminished. So Absolutely. we've got to be thinking very, very soberly yeah. at that time. And you know, perhaps what's yep. so interesting, right? Let's go back to Joshua. It, it, there is something about us, and I guess that explains the successes of the human race, the optimism that just says things are going to be okay. I have come across so many people. Let me tell you the new craze at the moment. Lots, and often people haven't done their research. So I've met so many people say, do you know you can buy scooters and rent them for people who don't have the funds to buy a scooter for 25000 yep. And then they get on their scooter, they do the deliveries that we see people zipping yep. around. Yep. You also listen and hear many people. I know, for example, uh, one of my two least cousins, my wife's cousins, Exited their big job, grew to about 12 or so scooters. She's an engineer. And then problems started to that business. Is that it's competitive, it's labor intensive. You go to check where the drivers are, you go to fix the scooters, brake, and, and all those things. And I just said to someone, I, I, I see you want to go into that business because everyone is saying you can make quick back there. What have you found that about? Have you researched it? Mm. So the point I'm making, I'm astounded by people. Oh man, what's happening to me this evening? Big English, astounded. Yo, I thought I drank something. Yeah, it was something I drank on the way to the studio. Yo, people no, it, it, who it, haven't it, done the research, it, bro. It, it, it's that professorship that's crazy. Ah, I knew that was coming. It's around. By the way, it's looking good for us. It is, eh? Ah, nice, articles uh. Come out on there, now. You know? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. Professor Frank Mugwebe. Yeah. So, yeah? Yep. we need to do research. Mm. I'm just saying, in that, calm down, think about it, don't rush to access your money. I want to go into the school. Even better, find someone who is and ask them, what challenges do you face? Because you hear so many people on Facebook, they're making so much money in this. But how many have lost money in the very same thing? So, I, so I, there's a lot of risk. You I, know what you're going into. I know somebody who said to me that, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to become a Mashonis. Yeah. Because he sees how a lot of people are going to the Mashonis. You know, the money lenders. Yes. And, uh, and they, of course, charge huge, huge. Sure, 100%. Uh, double. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, 100% interest. 100% interest. First of all, it's illegal. Yes. But if you don't... if you, if you don't have the collection network, yes, yeah. <laughs> so for my for my yeah. And once people get the understanding that you give money, yeah, but you can't get it back. Yeah. Tell you right now, you're not going to get it back. Game over. I I yeah. know a gentleman, an elderly gentleman, yeah. who thought that that's the way to go. Yeah, and. At first, it's nice to see people lining up outside of your door, yes. coming to withdraw money or borrow money yeah. from you. It's great. Yeah. The problem was them bringing that money back. Yeah. And many people who were borrowing that money from him were testing as to whether or not he has the wherewithal to, ca- to, collect. to, 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 to collect. To enforce collection. Absolutely. And, yeah. and unless you have the stomach for it. Yeah. And you have the people for it. Abu Lakash. Yeah. Chopi Chops Bali. Yeah. 
you're not going to get it right. Yeah. So, so I think what you're saying here, Dr. Frank, is that if you are thinking about starting to do a business, don't romanticize it. Absolutely. Be very deliberate. Yeah. Be very sober. Yeah. And for me, it's very important not to discourage people who yes. want to go into business because we want to be a homework. Yeah, we want but, to be but, but man, do your homework. Please do your homework. Yeah. Don't, don't get into into the hype and yeah. get and, and get taken up by the hype. Now I'm going to start a Mashonisa business or I'm going to start a, a tire uh, fixing business. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, whatever business you want to go into, be sure that you've got all of the wherewithal to be able to run that business. You've, you're clear about the market that you're going to yeah. service. You have all the resources that can do those things and then you can add optimism onto yes. that. Because if it's just on the basis of optimism, but you haven't done the homework, yeah. hey, it can be painful. Absolutely. It can be so painful. I want to read you some of the messages yeah. that have come through. Uh, Mana Lady says, hi, Abudu Aubrey. I am a big fan of your show. I love your guest and his energy. He's such a breath of fresh air. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Dr. Professor uh, McGregor, <laughs> Mana Lady. No pressure. Franz Nake says, uh, Aubrey, good evening. I'm going to start a business at 71 years yeah. this year. Congratulations. I've worked out the yeah. capital budget required yeah. and, have, uh, and have part invested. Yeah. I've been in family business in the past. This time, I'm ready to start. Franz, I am absolutely behind you, my brother. Clarity of thought, and, right? And, and, and I'm encouraged by the fact yeah. that you've, you've, you've tested it out. Yes. You've, you understand where you're going in yeah. the, all I'm trying to say here, and I think that's what Dr. Frank is also saying. And Joshua. And Joshua, is that if you're going to do it, <laughs> please walk into this thing, whoop, whoop, yeah. with your eyes wide open. Please don't get into this thing all romantic and because cause the, the, awakening can, the awakening can be quite rude. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Nolene, uh, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Somebody else says, I'd like to remain anonymous. Uh, good evening, bro, OBS and guests. I work for local government for 19 years. Right. Do you recommend that I take a percentage of my pension fund to put into my bond? Yeah. Also, I have an RA for approximately 10 years. Yeah. Will I get government pension, which Sasa? Yeah. Uh, although I have an RA, apparently I won't qualify for Sasa if I have an RA. Please clarify that, asks Anonymous. Oh, lovely question. So let's start with the second one. If I have an RA, so it's not so much perhaps, that you have an RA. And by the way, for our listeners, RA, retirement annuity. If you don't have uh, opportunities to contribute to formal retirement, there are tax benefits of putting money in your retirement annuity. And most of financial services companies do offer that. Even if you are contributing in a formal employment, you can have additional savings there. So mm. that's RA. It's not so much that you've got RA. There's this nice English, they say, to get a SASA grant, yeah. to get South Africa's state old and pension, they do means test. Means test means we need to see what you have now available. If you have savings in an RA, some retirement, you, you are disqualified by virtue of you already you know, have something that you have been you know, putting aside. So it's called a means test. They look at basically via your ID number. Yes. They can check it all financial services providers. If you've been putting money aside and you've got an RA with a you know, reasonable amount, then you, you do not qualify for a state-owned you know, age grant because 
the need is high. Yeah. They really want to help people who don't have anything. Yeah. And then regarding, can I take a portion of my pension and put it into um, my, my bond, my home loan? Yeah. Well, it depends. If the person is still working, right, I'm working. So if you're working, you can't access your pension. If you say, I, I resign and I want to take a portion of it, it is not a good idea because if you resign, you firstly get taxed. Whatever you then put in the bond, it never really makes up for because it's, it's very punitive if you cash in your you know your pension. What I would suggest, if you are working 19 years, because we didn't get the contract, if they retired or sure. are they working? Sure. If you're working, a very good idea is any additional money you have, you put it in your bond account or home loan account, it reduces the overall interest because the, the interest is calculated every day on the outstanding balance. Excellent nice stuff. Question. And that is for... Uh, uh, anonymous. Very nice. <laughs> oh, Shem. Lum, Lum, Lumkil is a, is a sad individual. Yeah. He says, he says, is this show supposed to teach us English? And let's hear pro- uh, people scream, uh, uh, for using words like concur and astounded, <laughs> or is supposed to be about sound financial decisions? Ah, Shem Lumkil. <laughs> he's, 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 a, he's a person in, with pain in his life. Yeah. He must heal. Sure. Um, he's, it's very sad. Yeah, it is. Ah, Lumkil. Very, very sad. <laughs> Let's continue. Let's speak, speak uh, to Mlungile in Ranfontein. Hi, Mlungile. Uh, uh, good evening, Mlungile. Good evening. Uh, my name is Lungile. Oh, Lungile. Oh, good. Yes. Awesome. Go Sorry. ahead, Lungile. We're butchering yes. your name there. Sorry. Excuse me. Yes. I, just, I just want to have an understanding on the two system, uh, two pot system, especially on the long term one. Yeah. How will I get it after my. Uh, my um, when I'm when I'm going to a pension, will I get it in a form of a salary, or is going to be a hundred percent towards to, to me? But then also the second question, I just want to understand in a short term yeah. uh, savings, how much am I allowed to to get there? Okay, oh, excellent questions. So let's start with the second one, right? So now I'm at retirement. I'm participating in the new two-port system that will kick in, in from uh, uh, September. The long-term port is still governed by the rule that says at retirement, you can access up to a third of that as a cash payment. The rest, you must use it to buy an annuity or what we formally call a pension. You basically have to give it to a financial services company that will pay you monthly income on the two-thirds of that. So let's use an example. Just a nice little simple example. Let's say you've got 1.5 million to just use round numbers, right? One-third of 1.5 is 500,000. You can access that. Say, I want it today as cash. Two-thirds of 1.5 million is 1 million. That one you have to buy a pension. You have to buy a product that pays you monthly income. You can't access all of it. Again, the government is saying, let's protect you. Because you might use all of it up front, yes. right? Then the second portion is very interesting. Because remember, when the system starts, all of us have got very little in the emergency pocket. Because let's say you are contributing a thousand rand a month. Yeah. It's split. You still have got very little, right? So for most people, when you start, the discussion has been, should we move some of the money in your pension, the one you're contributing it now, yeah. to sort of 
kickstart your emergency should you want to take money from that short yeah. pot. So for most people, you didn't have because you are just starting to contribute. And I think part of the delay in the system was those discussion and amount of up to 25,000 was being discussed to say we almost kind of seed it. You can, you know, access that from kind of your, your, your existing pension. It's moved there to kind of help people who, you know, have emergencies. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Tepo so it's on, a small amount yeah. in other ways that's Te- available. Tepo on that note uh, on Twitter says, bro, ops, the saving pots will be taxed on withdrawal. Yes, correct. And now that government wants correct. to force retirement annuity funds to invest in state-owned entities, prescribed assets. Prescribed assets. What's the point? Yeah. 100%. So some people have criticized, although in the main it has been welcomed, that yes, indeed, the short term when you get the money, it's not tax-free, right? Because you are accessing money that was put aside for emergency. Just really when things are tough, perhaps. You really things are not going well and you really say i have no other way of accessing money i last resort i have to go you know and access so for that reason it's money that was long-term pension it's got a tax benefit associated with it you getting earlier and then in the new tax prescribed assets you know for our listeners what is that why is it causing uh you know a bit of anxiety in the system we beg to basically the government mooting the idea that they will say Let's just take a hundred rand to make it easy. They'll say for every a hundred rand that you contribute towards your pension fund, once it arrives in the hand of these investment management companies that invest on behalf of pension, they will dictate that 10% of it, you must invest in infrastructure project. It will, it gets legislated. Yep. So you don't have a choice. You can see why people say we are back to, yeah. you know, what was abolished in the new dispensation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dr. Frank, as we close, uh, your final prescription um, with regards to all of these measures that we can put in place. I, I, I got to tell you that yeah. the one that works for me is just sobriety of thought yes. as we make decisions. Yeah. Um, there are many tools yes. out there. There are many ways by which we could skin the proverbial cat. Yeah. But I think that for me, what came out very strongly today was that let's not romanticize issues, particularly when we're thinking of going into business with our huge life decisions. Do the homework. Uh, Be sober about it. As we close, the prescription from the good doctor. If you see the complicity of two-port system, the choices you need to make, sadly, should you be facing retrenchment, please don't do that alone. There are many wonderful financial advisors who can give you good guidance and walk that journey with you. Most of them are available at banks and insurance companies. Do your due diligence on them, but please get professional help on such huge life decisions. Get a hold of me for further discussion. Just hit that talk to Frank button on frankmagwege.com.